across the galaxy. This is where conspiracy on the wild side meets the perspective of a lifetime. This is the Free Zone with your host, Freeman. Hello and welcome to the Free Zone. Well, what would World War III actually look like? Do you know? I mean, is it already happening? Could it be? I mean, will it be troops in the streets, bombs? Will it look like your World War II type of effects? Or will we never even realize that it's actually happening because it appears to be acts of God? These are the questions we have to ask in the 21st century. It's quite possible that we're already in the midst of World War III and have no idea about it. Look what happened to Texas. Was that natural? We don't know. How will you know? Well, Jim Lee has compiled the largest volume of geoengineering and weather modification history into one massive timeline, complete with lists of companies, patents, sponsors, and laws. It is weathermodificationhistory.com to get all of those details. And I'll tell you, the intelligence officers are all over Jim's website, uh, climateviewer.com and climateviewer.org as we try to get to the basis of this new acts of war, the new world that we are going to live in, where acts of God might be acts of war. So please welcome to the Free Zone, Jim Lee. Hey, Jim. Hey, Freeman. Appreciate you having me on. Oh, man. It couldn't have been better timing to talk about this very subject. So much going on right now that... It's, uh, it's something that people need to be thinking about. If, if people were looking at what happened in Texas, now the weatherman told me, I'm in South Carolina, on that week when Texas went frozen, that we were gonna have a nine degree day here. It was 30, 40 degrees. And they said, well, by Monday, it'll be nine degrees. It was 58 degrees here. While Texas, Oklahoma in the middle, of the country was under an ice sheet and layers and layers of snow with hundreds of accidents, many numerous deaths, uh, all caused by this massive frozen world that, that came out of nowhere. What, what were your thoughts when this was going down? Well, I too am in South Carolina, um, Sumter to be exact. And I was experiencing the exact same thing as you. I, you know, honestly, I've been tuned out of, uh, you know, all news at all. Um, and then I just started getting a flood of, you know, messages from people. Um, pardon my pun. Um, and, I, you know, I started looking into it and I said, well, part of this is nature part of this has got to be disaster capitalism. Um, and some of this could be acts of war. Um, in our new normal, I hate that term. <laughs> yes. um, we, have a, we have a world where we have a completely uneducated public, um, completely focused on self-destruction and tribalism. And that really gives free reign to the to what I like to call the climate changers. And a lot of people talk about climate change, 
and very few people know about the people who actually change the climate and are paid to do so. And that's why, you know, as you mentioned during the open, I compiled weathermodificationhistory.com, which is basically, I made a separate website. My blog is climateviewer.com, but I made weathermodificationhistory.com to strip out all of my opinions, all of my biases, and create a timeline, just the facts starting at 18, you know, 1800 to present. And on there, you can see 875 newspaper articles starting in the 1800s of people controlling the weather. And a timeline that has well over 10,000 reference links of 158 um, timeline entries starting again around 1859 with James Pollard Epps SB, the, um, the Storm King, who proposed burning forest fires in California to make rain on the East Coast. He was the inventor of the U.S. Naval weather map um, all the way up through, you know, today, um, including things like HARP and geoengineering. And what you quickly come to realize is that Cloud seeding was invented in 1946, less than a year later. It was used to steer a hurricane. That hurricane was a tropical storm at the time. It changed directions and colors and then slammed into Georgia, killing three, um, killing some people and doing $3.2 million worth of damage. This is 1947. Wow. And then by the time Vietnam rolls around, um, Lyndon Johnson had authorized Operation Popeye to use cloud seeding to do weather warfare over the Ho Chi Minh Trail, and their slogan was Make Mud, Not War. Around the same time, the CIA had a, a big climate study called Project Nile Blue, and one of the shoot-offs of that, much like the Manhattan Project, was um, the idea to make rain in the Gulf of Mexico to basically create a rain embargo on Cuba. And the idea was to squeeze every drop of rain out of the clouds before they ever made it to Cuba so that Castro's sugar crops would fail, which was their main cash cow, and that they could do economic warfare that way. Um, in both the Cuba case and the Vietnam case, the leaders of this secret war were the CIA. So of course. M most people would never even think that CIA and weather warfare <laughs> would be something related. But the CIA will use any tool in their you know pocket from digital warfare, um, cyber warfare to, you know, every tool in the chest, you know, we've all heard about the heart, um, heart attack gun. Um, and weather is the greatest weapon known to man. It, it makes her, it makes nuclear bombs look tiny in comparison to give you an example. Um, a hurricane has the energy of a, equivalent to about 
100 nuclear bombs per minute. And we've all seen the damage, you know, that a hurricane can do. Now, what if you could harness a hurricane? And that is an ultimate goal. Um, But what are the facts? The facts are when the Chernobyl nuclear um, accident happened, who, who did weather modification? The Russian Air Force dumped chemicals in the sky to make sure that, just like the CIA did, all of the rain fought, fell on Belarus, the radioactive fallout fell on Belarus, not Moscow. Um, during the Beijing Olympics, the Chinese PLA, um, People's Liberation Army, they did weather modification to guarantee that rain didn't fall on the Olympics. This is 2008. Um, and to this day, the U.S. military, specifically the Air Force Research Lab at Wright-Patterson Air Force Base and um, the U.S. Naval Research Lab at China Lake, California, the same individuals who did Operation Popeye over Vietnam, to this day, they still have active studies and projects in weather warfare. So the major superpowers of the world are definitely interested in weather warfare and have the capabilities. The only thing that literally is, I wouldn't even say literally, the only piece of paper out there that tells them that they would be naughty if they did is an act in 1978 signed by the United Nations called NMOD, or the Environmental Modification Convention. And it was an agreement mainly between Russia and America, several other countries signed it, that no military will take a hostile action using the weather. That benevolent weather modification is still legal, but that they would refrain from using the weather as a weapon. The problem is, A, the UN is useless. Um, B, what are they going to do about it if you break the rules? And then C, there's really no, what we would call a verification regime. So to give you an analog, when they passed the limited test ban treaty banning upper atmospheric nuclear explosions, um, side note, climateviewer.org is my map website, Climate Viewer Maps. You can see all 2,615 nuclear explosions, where they happen, when they happen, their height, the megatons, all of that. You can also see 50 years of the United Nations tracking weather modification projects, cloud seeding generators all over the United States, how China's covering Tibet in cloud seeding generators, lots of weather modification stuff. Everything I'm saying mapped out in addition to the timeline on weathermodificationhistory.com and numerous videos and articles, my blog, my YouTube posts on climateviewer.com, backing up all of this stuff. Um, But when they passed the limited test ban treaty in 1958, they wanted to make sure that people couldn't actually, you know, 
go through with blowing up nukes in the atmosphere. The reason why is because the United States military tried to blow up the ionosphere. And I don't know how familiar you are with this, um, but it, the, the major project was Starfish um, Operation Starfish Prime, where they detonated a nuclear bomb in space. There were other ones, um, Hardtack, Teak, and a couple others. But in total, probably like seven or eight major nuclear explosions in space. Um, and they just, I mean, they basically want to see what would happen. Hey, you know, we hate the ionosphere. Um, it makes our radio signals unpredictable. Uh, they tried replacing the ionosphere with a man-made one called Project Westford, where they dumped 280 million needles in space. That didn't work so well. In fact, it's considered one of the worst scientific experiments in history. Um, there are still needles falling um, from space to this day, and thousands upon thousands of them floating around the Earth um, that the space stations and satellites have to deal with that are tracked by the space fence. Um, so still up there. The point I'm trying to make is that in order to verify that people weren't breaking this international ban on upper atmospheric nuclear explosions, um, they created something called the Comprehensive Test Ban Treaty Organization and what is known as the International Monitoring System. So they put seismographs, the, the sensors that you would listen to the sound, you know, that track uh, earthquakes, um, infrasound recorders, infrasound is sound below the audible range because whenever a nuclear bomb goes off, it also gives off infrasound. And they put them in these arrays where much like you've probably seen on a television show, um, cell towers, if you have three of them, you can triangulate to a certain extent where that occur, where that phone call is coming from. So these infrasound recorders plus the seismographs, they can tell when Kim Jong-un is detonating a nuclear bomb and about where it happened you know, within, you know, a couple miles. Um, so the point they, is that they not only banned it, they came up with a way to know when people were breaking that law. This is not true of weather warfare. So though weather warfare was banned in 1978 at NMOD or the prohibition for, um, the hostile use of environmental modification techniques. Glad they shortened that. Um, they never came up with a way to catch somebody in the act, which has been a major um, driving force behind my work. So I came up with what I've dubbed the Environmental Modification Accountability Act. And it's a solution to this weather warfare situation an act to end atmospheric experimentation without notification. Um, and you can find that at climateviewer.com slash nmod, that's E-N-M-O-D. And I hope that everybody would read over it, support it. Um, and the solution is very simple. Um, 
Weather modification has become a multi-billion-dollar business. Um, there is very, there are very few countries in the world that are not um, doing commercial weather modification. There's even a um, a company called Oliver's Travels. It's a travel company that says we will guarantee you that your wedding day is rain free. Um, so if we're in a situation where even travel companies are advertising on their website, we can give you a rain-free um, wedding day. You can only imagine how far we've come in the technology. Um, I mean, where the modern uses are not just chemical. We're talking lasers for not only creating rain, but steering lightning bolts. Um, Cloud ionizers, which are, you know, basically release um, positively or negatively charged ions into the clouds um, to induce rainfall. There's so many advances in weather modification that um, we're really in a situation where every single country has multi-billion dollar, you know, investments in controlling the weather. And what happens when we have all of these people simultaneously working on such a complex system, too, too many hands in the cookie jar. Um, we already have a chaotic system that is now even more chaotic. But the only thing we're ever fed is, it's your fault. It's right. climate change's fault. So when you ask the question at the beginning of the, um, the show, could we already be at World War III? The CIA asked the same question to one of the top geoengineers in the world, Alan Robach. And they said to him, if another country were modifying the climate or weather over the United States, would we know it? And his response was, I think so. Hmm. And he said that basically, you know, it would, you know, it would have to be, you know, we would more than likely be able to see the effects and be able to tell. But this was refuted by Diane Seidel from NOAA, who went to the American Meteorological Society's 20, uh, either 20th or 21st conference on planned and inadvertent weather modification. Yes, the the American Meteorological Society has a weather modification conference every two to three years. I attended one of these. I interviewed Raytheon and um, the U.S. Naval Research Lab. You can see all of that at climateviewer.com slash AMS on those interviews. Um, And Diane Seidel said, no, we would not be able to tell if another country was geoengineering because of natural variability, because we really don't understand the climate that well. We don't have the proper sensors. So we're in a situation where this, the CIA recognizes and, and knows firsthand from their own doings in the past that covert weather modification is a real thing because they've done it. Um, and that, the technology is rapidly advanced. And even though there's an international ban, war's war. 
Um, we'll figure out war crimes after we win. So um, as long as you can get away with it and you have that plausible deniability, acts of God, not man, um, they're going to do it. So you look at Texas and you look at what happened. Um, or if you look at just, you know, what I call the greatest coincidence of the century, um, Obama came into office 2008, signs the Paris Climate Accord. And then we went on a 10-year hurricane hiatus. This, this, is, this is too coincidental to be just a coincidence. I don't believe in coincidences. In 2020, we ran out of names for hurricanes. Right. So then Trump comes into office and cancels the Paris Agreement, which is the climate change agreement. And um, this is also known as COP21, COP21, the Paris Accord. Like day one, he cancels the Trans-Pacific Partnership, globalist mad, um, cancels the Paris Accord, climate change guys mad. Well, guess who controls the weather? Climate change scientists, weather scientists, people who are very much invested in this propaganda machine, this boogeyman generating machine, and then magically the South gets hit with three major hurricanes in a row. And the South happens to be a major voting base that put Donald Trump in power. So I just found it very coincidental that we went 10 years without a major hurricane making landfall. And then the day Obama's out of office and he cancels the climate change agreement, bam, 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 we've got hurricanes just nailing the South. And you can all look this up. This is documented history. Um, you know, the hurricane hiatus that lasted almost 10 years ended abruptly. And now all of a sudden, every single act of weather chaos is climate change's fault. Um, too coincidental to be true. Absolutely. So that's where I'm at. Um, I follow my gut on this sort of thing. Because, you know, I don't, I don't trust the media. I don't trust politicians. I certainly don't trust any three-letter agency because as a person that comes from the cybersecurity world, I understand that your job security is intimately tied to the threat. Um, and I experienced that personally when I basically over-secured the network and basically over-secured every PC. I had uh, like 90 computers in five stores, plus a virtual private network that China was breaking into every single day. It was a tire shop. And I kicked the Chinese government out of that building. And I'm not going to describe how I did it. Um, but they paid a hefty price. And when it was all said and done, my desk was not getting calls every single day from people who were having computers go down or having, you know, files missing or, you know, you know, just all of these intrusions. And suddenly I was out of a job. Hmm. 
because to the owners, there really wasn't a need for me anymore. What they didn't understand was that it took constant supervision to keep something like that happening. Um, you're only a day away from being hacked. It, being hacked is inevitable. Um, it's you know just a matter of time. And so when, when you ask the question, are we, what would World War III look like? I don't think we're, anybody really has ever put it to video or wrote a book about it that I would write or how I would put it. Because in my personal opinion, we've been at cyber war. Uh, World War III is a cyber war, an information war that's already begun and had started previous to 2005. Um, and it has continued ever since. And I, I have to imagine that weather warfare plays a role in that as well. So between... Um, not only cyber warfare um, through stealing intellectual property, hacking governments, office of management and budget, you know, the um, FBI's InfraGuard, you know, groups like Anonymous, who, who I, you know, I used to be one card carrying member um, until I saw the hypocrisy of it all. Um, the truth of the matter is, you know, we've been at World War Three for quite some time. Um, and if it ever went hot, like if it went public, it could get real hot because now we, we don't have to rely on bullets and guns and bombs like we did in the past when we have infrasound cannons that could literally level an entire city with sound. When we have microwave weapons that can cook your organs from the inside, even if you're inside a tank. Um, when we have atmospheric lenses, space technology to create what the Nazis tried to create, the sun gun, something that was spurred about through the heart program, the artificial ionospheric mirror, which has been redubbed the atmospheric lens, which has been um, monetized by BAE systems as the laser-developed atmospheric lens, which they claim would take a laser and create a plasma particle um, section of the ionosphere to create a lens that they could then point a satellite or a, a camera at and use it as a magnifying glass to spy on things, literally count your eyelashes from space. If you can do that and you can create a magnifying glass out of our ionosphere, then you can create a magnifying glass to focus the energy of the sun. Gold. So we're in a situation where this is geophysical warfare. That's the overarching term for, you know, if you put all of these together, earthquake weapons, um, using the earth's natural system, as a weapon, what I call weaponizing nature. Um, between weaponizing nature, cyber warfare, um, and obviously the use of propaganda, I would say, yeah, we've been at, 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 in, the, in the midst of World War III for quite some time. And if it got hot, it would, it would probably surprise some people who write sci-fi fiction novels. Um, just recently, 
I'll kind of end my, my opening statement with um, Trump made a statement. We've got weapons like you wouldn't believe right now. Yeah. Well, Putin said something too. We have a zombie apocalypse weapon. What? And he said this back in like 2011. Wow. So people don't understand the the technology and I'm I'm a bit of a nerd who remembers everything I read. And my main job has not been so much um to, you know, make predictions, though I'm, I've been known to do it. My, I made my coronavirus prediction March of last year, was excoriated, was vindicated. I've done this time and time again. The day before Trump's election, I said Trump wins in the landslide. Um, the, the media will blame it on Russian hacking. It's on my Facebook to this day. You can go look at it. Um, I predicted it the day beforehand. Um, all of these things are very transparent to me because I, I see the propaganda and I understand slave speak and how they use narrative networks to create these scenarios where they convince the public of the, you know, these distractions so they can continue on doing their dirty work. And the weather modification thing in geoengineering, uh, and I've used that word twice now without ever explaining it, and I'm sure we'll get into that in a little bit, but it's basically a man-made way to deal with global warming by mimicking volcanoes and, and by dumping chemicals in the stratosphere to block sunlight. Um, that we're, we're kind of in a situation where people really don't understand any of these technologies and the part that flabbergasts me is I went in Air Force Junior ROTC. I went into the Air Force and the, the, I had a year in high school that all we did was study weather. Weather modification never came up one time. Hmm. And my partner in crime, Dominic Marama, had a brilliant idea to go on Facebook. And there's all these meteorologists constantly like doing live chats while on the air. Um, and he would, you know, find like a weatherman in Colorado. And he's like, so um, how much would you say cloud seeding or weather modification played a role in this storm? And um, I would say about 80% of the people, the meteorologists that were polled, live where they couldn't hide their face either reacted with oh that's just bs ban that person or i really don't know what you're talking about um in one case there was literally a a lady sitting next to her, oh yeah i remember us briefly discussing this in college um when i was getting my meteorology degree and that is just so telling astounding I mean, it really is. And then there was the the five percent where we had literally three guys who were who were not only educated about weather modification, but a couple actually railed against it. One of which said, "In fact, yes, we have had cloud seeding projects here in the past, but we had a really bad flood, 
And as a result, um, we no longer practice cloud seeding in these counties because the people came out very hard against it and uh, put a stop to it. So even when we did two different videos, you know, meteorologists react to weathermodificationhistory.com and they're hilarious, but they're also shocking to the core because if meteorologists don't know the hundred year history of people controlling the weather, then certainly the public's oblivious. Um, so I feel this is a very important topic and that's why I've devoted um, the rest of my life. This is, this is a marathon. This isn't a sprint. And I'm doing this for my children. I have two daughters. And before my, my first daughter, I don't think I really cared much about anything political, um, future, whatever. I just played my video games and, you know, did whatever I wanted to. Um, but suddenly I had a reason to care. And um, I was born in the year of the dragon. And according to Chinese mythology, dragons control the weather. So. I guess I was predestined to do something like this. Um, and I'm, I'm glad that I do it and I enjoy it. And it's, it's a topic I very much enjoy not only studying, but talking about. So thank you for giving me this opportunity to come on and do it. Yeah. Oh, you are so important. And I mean, it's been over a decade you've been at this, uh, and you know, yeah, the public really knows so little about it. And as far as coincidences went, we had uh, Texas saying they were energy independent, right? Uh, they were all set up to be uh, all taken care of themselves. And then ERCOT comes in and takes over the whole system. And then they're, they have an entire blackout during a, a massive freeze. I mean, you couldn't ask for a worse situation going on. Some were saying that the roads were extra slick because of the chemicals that were used in the chemtrails and that were coming down. So even if you were used to driving in the snow, it wasn't like any other snow because it was super slick. And that was why there was a 140 car pileup that went on. Uh, and I, I got reports as far as Arkansas of people saying that the snow was extremely dry and wouldn't even form, um, you know, proper snowballs, like that it would just crumble apart. Yeah. Huh. I mean, just bizarre stuff. Yeah, I remember when chemtrails started, uh, you could go outside and see a web-like substance all over the ground. And if you touched it, you actually got flu-like symptoms. So there was another component to this. People were getting very sick from the strontium barium mostly the barium would cause these type of flu-like symptoms but all of the chemicals that are in that uh they didn't really seem to have the technology down yet and so this stuff was literally falling to the ground and you could walk out see it and if you touched it you got sick i remember those days I, i've had two separate occurrences when birds dropped dead from the sky once in kansas and once in texas i don't know how I managed to be in both places when this occurred. So we have all of these effects going on, on outside of this. So there's the, the chemtrail phenomena is probably the most controversial topic that I talk about. And also one that I know the most about because of the 
extremely rigorous debates I've had over it. Um, are you familiar with Mick West? No. Mick West is lovingly known as the Darth Vader of chemtrails. And uh, he basically has been on National Geographic, Joe Rogan, any place there's an opportunity to debunk the chemtrail conspiracy, there is Mick West. And he runs a, a website called metabunk.org, um, which is a, a forum. And, like contra <laughs> and contrailscience.com, uh, I believe it is. Um, and of course, you know, I'm one of those people that I don't like echo chambers. Um, you know, I, I like to have my ideas challenged. And I was given the opportunity by a fellow Anon who had found on an FTP server on the EPA's website. Um, FTP stands for File Transfer Protocol. It's not a www. It's a FTP dot. Um, so it's just a file directory and found a text file on there saying, um, due to the, the climate change agreement signed by President Obama, the EPA is looking to regulate the airline industry's greenhouse gas emissions. Quote, if you believe the airline industry is a danger to public health, um, it, please submit something in writing and we may have a hearing. So... I was the only person on the entire planet that wrote them. I believe that. I have a recording, and you can look this up on my YouTube, Jim Lee Climate Viewer, with senior policy analyst Lucy Audet trying to talk me out of having a hearing. She said, you know, you could just write us a lengthy letter, and we'll make sure that's part of the public record. And we don't need to have a hearing. And then, you know, me being the South Carolina rugged individualist that I am with a patriotic heritage, um, I was like, no, nah, I think I'll have a hearing. I I'd prefer a hearing. So they had a hearing. And, of course, I took a train up to Washington, D.C. in 2015. What I did not expect was that when I got there, I invited three other individuals from the chemtrail activist community who had differing opinions than me, and then a fourth who had, you know, basically found me through um, Twitter. He came too. So there was the five of us versus the world. And I expected it just to be the five of us there. But it turns out that, I mean... The Sierra Club, um, all the NGOs showed up. Um, the um, the Pilots Association sent somebody. Uh, just a laundry list of people. And I walk into a room and magically I've got C-SPAN cameras in my face. Um, but I was prepared and I gave my speech. And what I said to them was, if the EPA was actually following the spirit of the law and the law being the Clean Air Act, 
then they would be more concerned about metal particulates and cloud creation from planes than they would from greenhouse gas emissions because planes creating clouds affect the climate more than all of the greenhouse gas emissions you're talking about combined. And that aluminum, strontium, barium, vanadium, beryllium, calcium, all of the metal particulates that come out in nanoparticle form um, that are contained in the fuels and then they are burned and they don't fully burn. They come right out the, out the tail end and it's no different than what we see with cloud seeding. You put the chemicals in, the, the, the chemicals are already in the gas and some of them are added to the gas. And when you burn those chemicals, they come out and hot water vapor cools rapidly, condenses on these cloud seeds and we create cirrus clouds. So everybody argues about contrail versus chemtrail. And I'm like, you're missing the point. Whether it's a contrail or a chemtrail, whether it disappears or not, if it sticks around, it becomes a cirrus cloud or an ice cloud. So you need to be asking yourself, what effects do cirrus clouds have on the planet? So I came up with the hashtag cirrus clouds matter. <laughs> um, and that's, that's my page with my frequently asked questions uh, um, about the chemtrail phenomena. It's climateviewer.com slash cirrus clouds matter. That's C-I-R-R-U-S, cirrus clouds matter. Um, and it is one of the most complicated topics because on the one hand, you've got the airline industry, which is burning fuel, which is creating clouds, which is dumping chemicals, which is building up in the atmosphere, which is having effects on human health and climate. Um, and of course, the EPA, you know, they, they, they decided they were going to regulate the airline industry. And during the Trump-Hillary election, um, Obama and company met in private with the European Union, the United Nations ICAO, International Civil Aviation Organization, and China, and signed an agreement to use biofuels to control contrails. And the, basically the NGOs moved to take back their argument, their lawsuit, and they canceled the whole thing. And this is not the first time in history this has occurred. So back in the 70s, the state of Illinois and New Jersey sued the airline industry over creating clouds in the sky over Chicago um, and obviously New Jersey. That they were creating, they were basically putting out what's called black belch. It's basically like, you know, soot. And they were putting out so much soot and creating so many clouds that it was creating something you haven't probably heard since high school days if you're old as I am, acid rain. Um, <laughs> acid rain is not something that's talked about anymore. Now the, the proper terminology is ocean acidification. Um, 
which is a, a climate change term. You know, we worry about acidifying the ocean. We don't worry about acid rain. Um, that's too right on the surface. And even, you know, rednecks like me and my family can understand what acid rain is. But ocean acidification, that's a complex topic. You need an expert explaining that to you. Um, but Illinois and New Jersey sued the airline industry over pol- what they called pollution of the sky with jet engine smoke. And the Department of Transportation's um, Secretary Volt mediated between the state of New Jersey and Illinois and the airline industry, over 4,000 carriers, and they agreed to install burner cans on all of the planes that were currently flying and that that would reduce particle emissions from jet engines by 70% and the cloud problem would go away. So to those saying that chemtrails are a new phenomena, I say go to weathermodificationhistory.com, click on the artificial clouds tag, and look at articles from 1958 when Palm Springs gripes about um, planes dimming sun and how the United States Air Force said either move the city of Palm Springs or deal with it. Um, so this is not a new problem. And they were, they were about to get hit hard in the 70s. They promised they'd clean their act up. Nothing changed. Um, the next article I have is from 1980, Chicago, Illinois. Um, you know, planes are blocking out the sun over Chicago. So from 1970 to the promise to 10 years later, still same problem. Um, and then you flash forward to today, 2015, they had the hearing. Um, Obama and company said, we're going to use biofuels for contrail control. If you're interested in the subject, you should Google that. Biofuels for contrail control. Um, And they made the same, I mean, the identical argument they made before. The use of biofuels will reduce particulate emission from planes by 70% and should alleviate much of the cloud creation problem. And biofuels open up a whole new can of worms because basically, and I don't know if you've ever covered this or heard about this, but there's this major algae problem down in uh, Florida where a lot of the waterways are completely covered in green algae. Well, it turns out, you know, big, a lot of gas companies and Bill Gates and a couple other people have bought up much of the land in Florida and are growing biofuels down there. Um, they're running major uh, farmers off their land to grow fuel all everywhere, especially in Africa. Um, and ironically, Climate change has happened before, and this is exactly how it happened. It was called the Dust Bowl. Right. Um, Through the overuse of large-scale farming, we created um, a situation where we did not have enough 
um, wind breaks. And that led to massive erosion because what is dirt primarily made of? What's one of the most predominant metals in dirt? Aluminum. And what are everybody complaining about online when it comes to chemtrails? Aluminum found in the rain. And when you um, basically have large-scale farms like we have, we have a situation where massive amounts of aluminum end up in the atmosphere. So the number one source of aluminum in the sky is actually these huge farms. So how do we stop the Dust Bowl? Uh, do you know? I mean, I'm just, you're, you're a well-educated guy. No, and I'm, nobody knows this. Um, it was called the Great Plains Shelter Belt. And we stopped climate change in the 30s and, you know, 40s by planting 220 million trees. Right. And, you know, obviously, in addition to paying farmers not to farm and let grass grow on there again, just leaving it hell alone, quit tilling the soil and all that. But the the... The Great Plains Shelter Belt is the lar- to this day the largest national response to a climate emergency on record. Um, you know, planting trees. You know, that's, yeah, it's, yeah, it's something you know, something as simple as that. And you know, I'm a big Lorax fan. I used to say at the end of every video I made, unless someone like you cares a whole awful lot, nothing's going to get better. It's not. Um, because I speak for the trees and I think the deforestation has a lot to do with a lot of our problems. Um, but the Great Plains Shelter Belt that was created to stop the Dust Bowl has been all but cut down today to make room for more crops. Right. Those who forget the past are doomed to repeat it. So we're in a situation where there are many companies like um, Weather Modification Incorporated. Um, I, I could go through the list. I won't bore you with them. They're all on weathermodificationhistory.com. Just click on people. Um, and I have a list of all of the companies and universities and even the military organizations that are involved in all this. There are a lot of people who are making a lot of money controlling the weather. and we're reversing the solutions of the past that led to a better climate. And they still want to fo- want you to focus on CO2 and these boogeymen so that you miss all the, you know, the nuance and important stuff, um, you know, like the history of weather warfare, um, like the fact that, you know, if you really dig hard enough, there's a lot of truth to the chemtrail conspiracy. Now, do I believe they're spraying chemtrails to intentionally depopulate the planet? Um, I wouldn't go that far. I mean, you know, although if you watch a couple videotapes of Ted Turner and Bill Gates saying the population needs to be reduced by X, Y, or Z, um, you can quickly go there. Um, I, you know, I try to just stick to, you know, just the facts, ma'am. 
Right. Um, because that way I can keep my nose clean. And that's how I've garnered the respect that I have over the last decade because I've been wrong in the past and I don't want to be wrong in the, you know, in the future. So by being less speculative and, and focusing more just on the facts that I can prove in a court of law, it has better armed me for debates, um, to advise policymakers. Um, I would say at least half of my following are, you know, university types, um, scientists, journalists, um, even stock market um, hedge fund betters. You you wouldn't believe the number of stock market people follow me on Twitter. It's insane. I guess I do make a couple predictions on there every now and then. Um, But regardless, you know, this this is a complicated topic and you know there there's never a single answer that can encompass such a large topic so i always try to tell people that you know the truth is scarier than fiction and that if you're willing to dig deep enough and and understand um the problem you know then you should be able to explain it simply and if you can't explain something simply to a complete lay person, then you don't understand it well enough. Right. Um, so that's been my goal all along is to better refine my ability to talk to lay people um, about this and, you know, red pill them, wake them up, whatever your, whatever insert slogan here. Um, but one of my most effective ones is I go into a gas station and I, point you know at the horizon i go what is that and of course you know talking to a 70 year old black man that's cloud i said really you ever seen a straight cloud in your life and then they look back they i mean whip their head right back over and they go wait a damn minute what is that (laughs) yeah that's gotcha. the thing that used to drive me crazy is I point up in the sky and say, do you remember playing tic-tac-toe in the sky when you were a child? <laughs> exactly. There are no straight lines in nature. This is a fundamental fact everybody knows. We're starting nature, to see square clouds. Yeah, I mean, nature is fractal. I mean, it's completely chaotic and random. If you see a straight line... Anybody will tell you from archaeologists to, you know, complete idiots. That's probably (laughs) man-made. I mean, that's how they found the Nazca lines. You know, they're like, there's this line and it's straight. (laughs) That shouldn't be there. (laughs) So, yeah, that's one of my favorite ones. It's a a great conversation starter because, you know, I live in South Carolina and unlike you know, every other place I've lived in Nebraska, Oregon, Arizona, you know, I've moved around the United States and there's no place like South Carolina. I agree. And I, I will, I will live, I will, I will stay here the rest of my life because I love the people and I love this state. It is absolutely amazing. And the way I can, I can walk into any building anywhere and strike up a conversation. I've literally spent one time I spent an hour and 20 minutes talking to um, three guys in their 60s in a Walmart. Right. I mean, just 
never met them before. And we just, we were all looking at our watches going at the end of this, our wives are going to kill us. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But that's the beauty of it. So I get a lot of practice with complete strangers um, because people are so social down here. And, you know, like Treebeard said in Lord of the Rings, anything worth saying is worth taking a long time to say it. So we Southerners tend to be a little long-winded. I'm sure everybody's figured that out by now because I think I've monologued quite a bit. Um, Someone let you talk some. (laughs) (laughs) I don't want to make your job any easier. So you you started going, bro. (laughs) Yeah. Actually, we're almost done with this first hour. So I know. uh, I just... I no, told you fly by. Great. No, bring it on because uh the second hour I got so much to throw at you at the space war and things that are going on. So there's gonna be a great uh second hour to this show, guys. So definitely uh get over to freemantv.com and subscribe. You want to get all these bonus hours. It's always the good stuff because it just happens that way. And we feel freer inside of the monetized section of the website because it's you know un uh, censored and un- nothing to worry about. But Jim, you have uh, definitely put a whole new level to Bill Gates buying all the farmland in America with this last story of the talking about the the, the dust bowl. And uh, now- you, you, you should Google this one: Bill Gates, the sugar daddy of geoengineering. Really, the sugar daddy of geoengineering, and that's going to open a whole new can of worms for you. Okay, I'm writing that down right now. Sugar Daddy of Geoengineering. Uh, I will look into that. Oh, yeah, so much to talk about. So many things going on right now. We have moved into the future, and no one's realized it. It's been going on much longer than even I knew now that Jim's laid this out uh, from 1942, 48, uh, forward. Uh, I, you know, I, I've just focused on when, when chemtrails began and birds were falling from the sky, but obviously this has been something that's been going on for quite some time. And the looks of world war three, the, the takeover of a global technocracy would lie in these godlike powers so that no one knows when they're actually under warfare, uh, ask the people of Texas. <laughs> they're pretty certain that that was a, a, a planned event there. And we could see it just happening over and over again. And currently the new administration, you know, Trump came in and he, he put the CIA as a supportive role, took away a lot of their powers. And then Biden comes in and all of a sudden Raytheon's getting all the money all the money. I mean, I don't know how much of that 1.9 trillion went to Raytheon, but it was a lot. I I, I interject real quick before Please. we hit the paywall because yeah. I think you bring up an excellent point. Go for it. When I went to the uh, 21st conference on planned and inadvertent weather modification, I interviewed Raytheon and I was able to dig a question out of them that they admitted to that is astounding. Um, I got a non-PR trained nerd who was a programmer like me. And I basically got him to admit on camera that they run a program called AWIPS2. 
And this is actually an open source program that comes from UCAR, which is the world's top university for doing weather modification um, studies in Boulder, Colorado. They made it open source. Raytheon basically put their skin on it, made it proprietary, and they filter all of the weather information data of the world through their defense contractor Raytheon AWIPS2 program. And do you know who they give it to? Every single national weather service station in the United States gets its data from Raytheon, which means that every local forecaster on the planet gets their data from the National Weather Service, the National Severe Thunder, you know, the NOAA, um, who get their data from a defense contractor who wrote software that can literally filter out chaff, um, chemical dumps, all of that before it's ever seen by the public. Now, unfortunately for them, I'm able to see that because I'm a hacker nerd and I can get all the same data they get um, before it's filtered. And I've tried to provide as much of that as possible on climateviewer.org. But as a one-man army who produces his own content in addition to programming websites and making maps and timelines and all this, um, I would need five of me to keep up with all the stuff that I'd want to do. Um, but for them to admit that, you know, in the interview was very telling to me, um, because basically it means they have, you know, what they call full spectrum dominance, not just the ability to do clandestine, um, plausibly deniable warfare, um, but then to censor all of that information from ever making it to meteorologists, keeping them dumb. It's the new Manhattan Project. And I, I had uh, basically coined that term, and another gentleman named Peter Kirby literally wrote a book called The New Manhattan Project, um, you know, based on the idea that weather, weather warfare is the new Manhattan Project, that they can compartmentalize this so well because they have every they have con, you know control of every aspect of you know the system from media to deployment to the cover up afterwards so carl sagan said it best that once you believe a bamboozle long enough it is simply too painful to admit to yourself that you were wrong and if you believe the media and you believe the climate change narratives, and even when presented with all of the facts, clearly and concisely as possible, you can refuse to believe the truth because it's simply too painful to admit to yourself you've been had. And that's where we're at. And people need to to overcome that. That's how they can combine climate change with COVID. Right. The thing that COVID and climate change have in common is that, simply put, computer models. Right. Um, they predicted 2 million people would die. I said in March of last year, 
they'll be lucky lucky if they hit two hundred thousand actual deaths before the end of the year. Um, and I was, you know, universally, except for the people who who know me and have for a decade, they're like, I'm probably right on this one. Um, and I, I I still stand by it, despite their you know grossly uh, inflated numbers they have today. I mean. I, I know of a guy personally who died in a car accident who was labeled a COVID death. Right. Um, so COVID models, climate change models, what they have in common are technocrats or as they call them in mainstream media experts. <laughs> right. And these experts or technocrats, they, they seek to, to create a, you know, global governance, a one world government, a new world order, technocratic society where experts dictate, you know, all the laws of the land unelected through the scientific process. And technocracy is a movement started in the 1930s. Um, and if you if you haven't heard of Patrick Wood by now, he wrote the definitive book on it. I met him in person. Um, when I went out to G. Edward Griffin's uh, Global Warming and Inconvenient Lie, I gave a presentation out there, and he gave me a copy of his book, and it was so enlightening and because it, it ties all of this together that the, the, the real Illuminati that everybody's looking for are the technocrats, technocracy. And that's what ties all of these together from spying on people to climate change, to the green agenda, um, you name it, um, to COVID, to, you know, all of these things are experts using their position of authority, their argument from authority, that their BS computer models are the truth. And through the CIA technique, MK Ultra technique, of creating FUD or fear, uncertainty, and doubt that they can affect real world policy, that they can make policymakers do what they're bidding because science. And that's what's, that's what's happened to us over the last year with the shutdowns and everything. Bogus junk science fed into a computer model destroys American economy affects your lives, puts us in a semi-socialist world all within a year. And now, you know, we're, we're coming up on the magic, you know, gun uh, date of what is it? Nine years, eight years. How many years do we have left? I mean, can I get a John Kerry quote? Um, But regardless, that that's the next big prediction is that you know climate change is going to kill us all if COVID doesn't. So that's what they all have in common: technocrats, computer models, and fear, uncertainty, and doubt. That is the truth, folks. And let's not forget that COVID is nothing but a computer-generated model itself. They didn't have the entire DNA. No one's isolated it. It was a number of computer-generated models, and then they voted on which one was actually the the virus. So even COVID itself is a computer-generated model. So let's just keep this all in mind because, boy, oh, boy, guys, the... uh, 
technocrats have definitely taken over the world or at least in in the process of and we've got to be informed and aware to be able to understand what's going on so that we can uh, speak to the norms and tell them what's going on because they're killing the norms according to everyone uh jim what's the best way for people to support you and your one-man army i mean let's get some help to you uh what can people do um well my my main my big goal right now is obviously this environmental modification accountability act so read it try to understand it help me improve it because my solution includes you know basically bolstering the united nations ban but i'm i'm really i think daily about how to better improve that because i just generally despise the united nations um so read it over send me your suggestions comments concerns um, you can support me monthly on patreon.com slash climate viewer or give a one-time donation on paypal.me slash climate viewer. By the time this airs, um, I will be in surgery. I've had Graves disease for nine, well, since 2009. So going on 11 years and my thyroid is swollen pretty considerably. So I'm having my thyroid removed, uh, uh, March 1st at 5.30 in the morning, mm. which is in uh, two days. So I'm not going to be able to speak for a little while after this. This is why I've taken this opportunity to be on Freeman's show today because I don't know how long I'll be able to speak after this, and hopefully I will wake up <laughs> and be able to speak after the surgery. So um, if you'd like to continue to support my work, um, patreon.com slash climate viewer or paypal.me slash climate viewer. And of course, sharing is caring. Um, I am heavily censored. I have been banned for quite some time, shadow banned. Um, because when you do something like uh, create a map of all of the spy facilities in the world from the five eyes, um, and then you get interviewed by the NSA on your beach vacation. Um, you know, you, you tend to have a, a problem getting your information out. So I'm not really able to share my own stuff with any effect, you know, effective ability. So um, uh, to go back to Dr. Seuss, unless the last who in Whoville raises their voice, uh, nobody will hear you. So please, you know, Check out my stuff. Um, if you if it resonates with you, please share it. Um, and uh, you know, but don't just share it for the headlines. Um, read it. You know, I look at the numbers and I know who's actually reading the page, who's actually trying to understand it. This is not something that is clickbait. This is not something I don't care about your clickbait. I don't care about views for views sake i care about educating people so that they can educate others and that means that you know you got to do the hard work so as margaret mead said never um, doubt that a small group of dedicated individuals can change the planet in fact they're the only thing that ever did absolutely well we are going to keep you in our prayers jim and i i'll I'll keep your thoughts positive, keep everything going in your direction. I, I know because we need you. So uh, I'm so appreciative and, and honored that you came to the free zone 
to to give this message out before going under the knife and i will i will sorry if that term <laughs> no, <laughs> no i mean it's 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 real you know like yeah. um I, I i couldn't sleep last night i went to bed at like 6 30 in the morning and i literally woke up at one o'clock and an hour later we're here um but you know I, I, I yeah I, I prayed a lot about this and i know i'm making the right decision because the alternative is death anyway um you know, I don't want to have a heart attack and I need to be healthy in order to be able to get out and do more about this topic, um, to be able to travel and, you know, not be an armchair activist, to actually be an activist. Um, so I'm hoping this is going to be, you know, the thing that finally sets me free and, you know, stress-free and able and healthy enough to be able to go out and do the things that I must do in order to really spread the message. Um, so that's my goal. Um, like I said, this is a marathon, not a sprint. And I mean, you sometimes you got to take a break and sit back and heal up in order to make that last push to the top of the mountain. And uh, this is that time. And I think that, you know, afterwards, it's going to be, you know, <laughs> cojones to the wall let's just right right, right. <laughs> hey it's it's time right There's yeah no, man. no time like now uh so i hope everyone will get over to patreon.com slash climate viewer and uh, paypal.me climate viewer and and support jim lee with all of that he's doing and help him with these uh medical bills as well because uh we need jim we need jim bad because there are, there's nearly, I mean, he was the only one that showed up, guys, you know. So let's just keep that in mind because we need people like Jim Lee, climateviewer.com, climateviewer.org, and uh, weathermodificationhistory.com. Visit all of these. Of course, all of the links will be right here in the show notes for you to get and share. And of course, we always need you to share this show and share his work because we are completely banned on all of the social networks everywhere. And that's because we are hitting upon the truth. And so it's up to you guys. We have no power to get this out to the people. It's all up to you. We are completely shadow banned and, and uh, outright banned on all sorts of social networking uh, myself i'm left with twitter that's it so uh freeman tv at twitter if you want to follow me there and get all the information that i'm trying to share with you there a lot of great news sources that i share all of the thoughts and feelings and things that are going on uh, that's the only place i have left is freeman tv on twitter and freemantv.com of course is supported by all of you and I, I got to thank all of the members for keeping this show going. They are the sponsors that keep it going. You can come over freemantv.com and subscribe, get all the bonus hours, get all the backlogs and get everything. And I also highly recommend uh, just recently uh, the, the flash drive in the shop on freemantv.com. Go over and check out that flash drive. If you've got a USB port in your car and you can just stick this flash drive in there, you can listen to hours and hours as I cover all of the space war news over the last decade. Uh, it was one of my main uh, focuses throughout my entire career. So next hour, Jim and I are going to get deep into that. Uh, lots of stuff going on right now in space with China landing their rover on Mars and new plutonium based uh, energy on the, the rover 
perseverance. We've got their space station. So much to talk about. So many things going on. So the second hour is going to be super wild. I hope you all will come to freemantv.com and subscribe and get it, help, help support this show so they can get out more. But even more important than that is share, 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 because uh, you know we're completely handcuffed and all of that. And of course, I always have to thank Steve Mercer uh, Steve, uh, associate producer here. You can reach him at producersteve at freemantv.com. That's his email, producersteve at freemantv.com. To get all your guest suggestions or show ideas or anything you want to let us know, you are the boss of this show. So let us know what you want to hear, what you want to learn, and what more we can share. So please write us either producer steve at freemantv.com or you can write me freeman at freemantv.com and thank you all so much and i hope you learned a lot from this because it is probably the most important thing that you need to know right now and so thank you all and we will see you next week
Hush now, baby, don't you cry as grandmommy's singing you lullaby. She says, don't worry, baby, someday soon we're gonna eat the rich. The Secretary of Defense may conduct biological experiments. I guess granny never told you sometimes life can be a... Completely 